And you're very welcome to this week's edition of the Clash Act podcast with myself, Eddie Scally, and I'm delighted to be joined on the phone by former Offaly Harlan legend and manager, of course, Mr. Joe Dooley. Joe, thanks a million for taking my call this evening. No, I'm delighted to be on, Eddie. Thanks very much for having me on. Joe, um, with the Clash Act, I always kind of start, you know, we, we, we've been speaking to a good number of, you know, great hurling players from, from, from years gone by and even up to more recent times. But, you know, we always like to start off just kind of talking about the world that we're in today. I mean, the whole scenario with COVID over the last couple of years. How's, how's life been for Joe Dooley during that COVID period? How did you, how did you work through that or what way was it? Uh, sure, um I sure suppose it's just the same as same as for everybody else, Eddie. Like it was like it was a tough time. I suppose like it, it happened started what a little over two years ago, March, twenty twenty. So it was um, a huge shock to the system, I suppose personally and and for everybody. You know, you're, you're, I'm I'm I work with ESB and I'm kind of busy and I'm on the road a good bit and all of a sudden then you're you're confined to working from home and then you have lockdowns and no pubs open and no churches open and all that kind of stuff. So it was a a huge kind of a shock to the system, but sure, I suppose we, we kind of acclimatized and um, ran our own kind of quizzes and stuff over the over WhatsApp and all that kind of stuff to keep keep ourselves occupied at the weekends and that kind of thing. But um, but it was it was a tough time. Sure, it was a tough time for everybody. And I suppose you know anyone, particularly anyone that was in business for themselves, and you know and had to and restaurants and pubs and all of that kind of stuff. It was a very very tough time, you know, but and very hard on all people, I suppose, and. Probably young people as well, you know, to get out and socialise, and for older people, just the whole fear of of, of contracting COVID and, and and what might happen to them. So it was a it was a kind of a, I suppose it's a, it's a it's a period in all our lives that we'll never forget. I suppose those last couple of years and. And maybe we're not fully out of the woods yet, but hopefully we are. You know. No, fingers crossed. It, it would be it'd be great if we yeah. were able to see it in the in, in the in the tale now. Joe, yeah. I just just want to kind of I'm going to dive in and out of different parts of your career because you know obviously there's been there's been lots of really interesting things that I would love to just get your own take on if we if we can bring you back. But the first place I want to start is 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 where it starts with with every GEA person and and that's that's with your own club, uh, your club at home in Clarine there, Sir Cairn. Um, like growing up, very very small parish, and I don't know. You're going to have to correct me if I'm wrong on some of these stats, but you know, growing up for yourself, uh, like I was reading an article a couple of weeks back, and it said that you started training with the senior team in 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 in, in Sir Karen at twelve. Yeah, well, I'd say that's probably not too far out to be quite honest, Eddie. Um, like I, I grew up in Clarine. It's a small parish. We're actually we're in the diocese of Ossory. We're a, an island parish, but we're attached to the Kilkenny diocese of Ossory. So, um, and we wear the black and amber jerseys, and I'm very proud to wear them. To be honest, yeah, I love the black and amber jersey and wearing it for the club. Um, but as I say, it's a small parish. Roughly, it, it was about 400. It's probably grown a bit in the last number of years. Maybe up to maybe closer to 500 people now at this stage but um, you know hurling is, is the only sport we play really we don't play we, play we have a junior C football team which which we play a game maybe once a year and I think we might have won football so um, that would be kind of very Kilkenny-ish as it was alright so um, yeah and we, we you know as I say I'm the eldest of a family of nine um, father and mother were come from a farming background so the time I could walk, all I was doing was was carrying a hurl in my hand, no matter where I was going, coming to or from school or to the bog or to the to the field to tin beat or whatever we were doing. I always had a hurl in my hand, and I'm the same, the eldest, and I suppose the rest of the lads followed as well. But but at that time, there wasn't a lot of formal coaching for for um, 
I suppose there was no development squads or academies or anything like that, you know. And and in Clarine, we we had a senior team and we might have had a junior team at that time, maybe just about. And um, so once we went out of kind of national school and into secondary school, we we played in under fourteen and under sixteen championships, but there would have been little enough training for those competitions, and maybe maybe we'd progress and maybe we might and so the so the only the only kind of real regular training that you could attend was with the senior hurling team and I suppose I joined in with them I'd say I wasn't much more than twelve when I started with them, probably twelve, thirteen and they'd usually play maybe out in the wing, wing forward or somewhere like that and um just keep out of the wave of the lads and that time you wouldn't be spared as you know yourself. But um but that's where I started. And once you start with, with adults they coach you very quickly as well. There's nothing to beat actually training with adults uh, or just, you know, like underage is great, but when you get in with the seniors, they're, they're kind of mentoring you as well. And um, so I suppose, and, and, I, and I just loved it. I, 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 very, every evening there was training, I'd be, the, I'd be the first there and maybe the last to leave. You know, you just loved it. And um, probably getting getting out, getting away from the farm work was probably the, the hardest part because my father liked to work up to maybe... There was no finishing at five o'clock on the farm that time, which was always six, half six. So yeah, you'd usually be racing to training, but I just loved it. And that's that's where it started, you know. And just 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 with the club, because it's, it, I think it's it's very interesting you say that, you know, the, the level of coaching, fair enough. I, I understand with a small club, obviously, if you were in one of the bigger areas like Burr or Tullamore, probably they'd have more resources. But but the point that you make about training with adults, that you're you're learning a lot quicker and even they're mentoring you on the pitch. Like, obviously, at the Mooney Brothers and you... Yeah, uh, Amy, I think the Cochrane man was was still playing with you. He was a four, Eugene Cochrane was there as well. Eugene, like, yeah, yeah, like like hurling yeah. with these guys when you're thirteen, fourteen, fifteen years of age. Like this must have been a serious education for you. <laughs> it was, it was already. Yeah. Like we had at that time, Eugene Cochrane was on the Ashley team. Kieran Mooney, Joe Mooney, Noel Bergen. We had three or four guys that were were on the Ashley panel at the time, and then like we always had a team where we'd have four or five maybe very good hurlers and then we'd have four or five you know <laughs> good club hurlers and then you might have four or five passengers you know what I mean because our pick was small and that's why we struggled probably to win anything at that time but but there was no as I said there was no real formal coaching or you know um, like Tony Murphy was a great guy in the club that time and Seamus Mulroney Tim Mulroney um, Mick Michael Conley there was guys like that managed the underage teams and we did a certain amount of training, but it wasn't, you know, you, you could get beaten. And once that, once you were beaten, then there was no, that that was the end of the training. Training just didn't continue all year round or even for six months of the year, to be honest. So um, now but at that time I, I was in school in Bar with the brothers in Bar, and um, we were very successful for the five years I was in Borough colleges. So we got a lot of coaching in there and a lot of hurling. So I suppose the, the training with the Clarion senior team was mostly during the summer months of the year as well, during the holiday time. So, um, but there were, as I say, when when you're training with seniors, you learn fairly quickly. And I suppose I kind of progressed to actually play with the senior team. I'd say I was probably about 15, maybe just barely 16 when I played my first championship game with them. So, but for a couple of years before that, it was it was kind of um, playing on the wings and making up the numbers. And Joe, like I, like when I was when I was looking up for doing this, because I remember you know we we'll go on to the awfully stuff in a few minutes because I do want to focus on the club side of things. But when I was looking at the, the history of Sir here and, and whatnot. <laughs> Like you bridged the forty year, I think it was a forty year gap. You won a senior title in nineteen eighty eight, and I think it was your first club senior title in in, mm-hmm. in in close on forty years. But when I was looking at, it, I thought it was a misprint at first. And I'll be honest with you, you were the player manager of that team in nineteen eighty eight. 
Yeah, that's right, um, Eddie. Uh, it was actually our first ever title, to be honest. We might have, I think we probably contested a final probably 40 years before right. that, I think in 1938, I think. Yeah, but it was actually our first ever title. So, but we had contested the final in 1985. We were in the semi final in 84. We were in the final again in 87, and Ryan has beat us by two points. So, 88, I was asked to, to manage the team at the start of the year. We were very disappointed after 87, and I was only 24 at the time, but I was asked to do it, and I'm sure I couldn't turn it down, really, to be honest. But um, And I was hurling with Offaly and kind of married with a young family at that time, a couple of young kids. So, it was a kind of fun. My wife was expecting that year for her second child. But, um, but she I took it out of the house then, Joel, she? Extreme. What's that? <laughs> Your wife? Did she need you out of the house, or you know, <laughs> playing with Offaly? And... I was gone nearly. I was yeah, playing with Offaly, managing the club and and whatever. So I was kind of gone nearly all the time. So to be fair to her, she kept she kept the home fires burning. But um, but we we trained very hard. We we had young lads coming through in the club at that time. Like I grew up with a very a lot of good lads like Michael Cochran and the Paddy Connors and Jimmy Connors and. Noel Bergen and there was you know there was there was uh, and then Billy and Johnny and Kieran and Seamus had four brothers as well they were younger than me but we were we were coming with a lot of good young lads and it was only a matter of time maybe before we'd make the breakthrough but we still had to do it and, and um, we trained extremely hard in 88 and put in a huge effort and uh, got across the line that year we beat Rhinos in the county final to win our first one ever so um, probably it's probably one of my greatest days anyway in, in a Clarine jersey anyway you know so um, I'll never forget it so. and how many of your brothers started that game with you? Uh, three Kieran uh, Kieran got man of the match in that county final he was playing midfield and Kieran would have played with Offaly for a number of years never played championship but played league I think for about maybe five five consecutive years around that time um, and Johnny and Billy and myself in the forward line that day and I think I think we scored 2-11 or something between us but Kieran actually got man of the match in midfield that day um, despite our achievements but he, he actually he had the power of a game in the middle of the field that day and, and but everybody the whole team right from Liam Cockton in the goals right up to the to Michael Mulroney corner forward everybody um, pulled their weight on the day and I don't think I don't think we even made a substitution on the day we only bared, we had to bear 15 at the time and that's the way it was you kind of your panels that time were probably 22 players, you know, and, and no more. It's, it's not like now where you'd have maybe 30 on a panel, you know. So um, we just didn't have the numbers at the time. But um, but the team, like there was there was four Cochrane's on the team. Liam, Sean, Michael and Eugene, like they were powerful men. And there was four Dooleys and there was uh, three Maroonies and two Connors. So four families almost made up the team, uh, made up 13 of the team or 12 of the team, you know, so... We were a close knit group, and I think we played in. I think we played in thirteen county finals during my time, on eleven and two replays, which was a lot now. And we only managed to win four of them and drew two and lost six. But, um, but we 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 could have like club hurling actually was very was very very strong in the nineties. Like Saint Rhinus and Bor were very strong, and like during that kind of period from eighty eight to two thousand, we won four and. Bor won four and Ryan has won four, so they were they were a hard one. You probably, if it had been maybe in a different era, we might have we might have pulled a couple of more out of it. But um, having said all that, we lost a number of finals by a pint or two pints. But we the four that we won, we won three of them by a pint or two pints. I think there was only one final that we won by five or six pints. So they were they were very hard. You know, we just we didn't have the strength in depth. So every every final was a huge 
an immense challenge to win it, and and everybody had to really um, play to the best of their ability. And but there were there were great great memories of it, and you know, like in the, all the lads are still around, thank God, or most of them, and one or two have passed away. But um, there were great. It was a great time, you know, to be involved with the club and. Was our best period ever, you know, and we've loads of good hurlers at the moment, but we're just not getting back up to those levels. But maybe someday we will, hopefully, you know. And it's just it's it, when I when I when I look at this story with Sir Cairn and, and and basically how you were performing over that period of time, like as you said, from 1985 up to 2000, nearly, you know, you pick up four county titles, and this is a parish with. It must be one of the smallest parishes in Ireland. Um, like I know the area quite well myself. I know Clarine. I'm, I'm from only just outside Athlone myself. And like, right to 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 be delivering at the level that you were delivering at. I mean, like like even Burr, like Saint Ryan is that have a much bigger pick, and and you know even Tullamore. All these places are much bigger areas. And like, what do you put it down to? Was it, you know, because I know as you said, that well, yeah, yeah, we're, we're supposed to be this. Yeah, we always kind of said we were the second smallest parish in Ireland, and not too sure where the smallest one was, but. Um, but we we always came to be the second smallest one, maybe area wise, and um, but it's just, it was just like everyone in Clary loves for hurling, you know, and we all we know nothing else. But we were lucky at that time that we had a few families, you know, as I mentioned the Cocklands and the Dooleys and the and the Connorses and the Maroneys. There was four families that kind of made up sort of. And then we had Kevin Keane and Noel Bergen and Johnny Abbott, three or four other. And, James Coakley, Paul Scully. There was a number of other lads that came in then, real, you know, that that strengthened it up. So we, it was, it was really a few families, but 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 families with with heart and determination and honesty. You know, like they were all, everyone, everyone, you know, played for the jersey and gave it a hundred percent and put in the put in the work. You know, so, uh, but but so so we, I suppose a little bit of luck really Eddie I suppose just to have to get so many um, lads to do time. that at the, at the one time you know yeah. and is there, is there a pub in Clarine? Uh, there's no pub in Clarine believe it or not no we are we all like our pints and and are good at drinking them when we want to, you know. So, but the nearest would be would be Kennedy, I suppose. Or depending if you're in, say, our end of the parish, Kennedy is the closest. And if if you're kind of in the middle of the parish, um, Killine, which would be the Ramblers Rest or Joe Try of Midlands Radio Three, is running you there now. But um, to be either Killine and Bor, I suppose, would be the other. Would would just be a little bit further away. But um, I suppose Kennedy and Killine would be the two nearest ones. But and there's another pub, Brereton's then, which is up kind of the Ras Grey side of Clarine, but that's a bit further up. But no, we've no pub and no shop, no post office. We just have a school and a church now. We used to have a shop and a post office, but um they have kind of since gone. So um but where did you celebrate? Shot, really, yeah. Where just the crossroads, that's all you have there, really. Yeah, that's I just wonder when you when you were winning these county titles, where was the party afterwards? Well, we we gave everybody a share of it. We'd, we'd probably start in Borough, but I suppose on the, on the night at the final, it we usually finish up in Killine, which is only two miles from Clarine. That'd be the nearest, really. And it'd go to Kennedy maybe the following weekend to, to try and torment them with the cup as well, you know, to... <laughs> they, they'd be kind of probably our biggest rivals really locally you know so um, and Bor as well then obviously after the game itself immediately and maybe in, maybe the following week as well so we had our, we had two or three places that we always went to you know Thank God thank God it's it's, it's vital that yeah. these things <laughs> that, that, that they're able to be done Joe just take it take Well it, it is it's important that, it's important that them traditions continue as well you know? oh. it's, it's all part of it like what's the point in putting in all the work and effort if you can't kind of 
sort of enjoyed him, you know, within within reason, I suppose, you know. But it's uh, but that's that's what it's all for, and that's what gives you the kind of the, the heart to go on again the following year, you know. Oh no, definitely, no, no. These things are to be celebrated mm, as well, mm. big years, and and they don't come yeah. around very often, as you as you as you know yourself. You were you were very young, um, in relative terms, obviously. With the club, as I said, you know, getting called, going in there, starting training 12, 13, 14. But you were very young going into the senior team with Offaly as well. I think Offaly had just won the All-Ireland in, in 81 and you were called into the panel the following season. I think you were brought in for the first time. You were only 18 years old. Is that that, that correct? You were, I think you played, you made your debut in yeah, Westmead. Yeah, that's right, Eddie. I, I'm, I was born, I was 18 in November and the following, I suppose, the, it was actually the 12th of April, I remember it well, it was in 1982, I was just gone 18 the previous November, so um, had been a minor the previous year. No, and, and I wouldn't have been our strongest minor, you know, I was, I, I suppose I'd regard myself as, an, as kind of an intelligent clever hurler, but wasn't the strongest physically, but 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 maybe even over that six months from when the minor finished to the following year I had played with the club and put in a couple of good performances and maybe was still growing as the fellow says you know maybe when other lads had stopped growing so I kind of um, but I came in in, in anyway in, in, in 82 the 12th of April it was a bank holiday Monday we had a challenge game against Westmead down in a place called Drum Rainey and I, I travelled to the game with Tony Murphy, who was the team secretary in Tram Clarion, and Eugene Cochran. You know, Eugene was played full back the previous year in the All Ireland winning team. So like, I was thrilled to, to get even asked and lined out against Westmead that day. But when I went into the dressing room, you had Pori Corn was there and Joachim Kelly and, you know, Damien Martin, all the guys that I would have looked up to all my life as a young fella. And suddenly you were in the dressing room with him and, and the kind of the banter and the the crack that was going on, I wouldn't have been really used to it. So it was, um, but I was absolutely thrilled to be in there. And, um, you know, I was marking a guy with the name of Noel Fitzsimons from Westmead, who was a fairly, st- fairly um, Yorkley cornerback and played with him for years. And I think I, grabbed the goal and a couple of pints off of him that day and there was a, there was a big crowd at the game because after we were All-Ireland champions and Westmead, Westmead actually beat us that day with a last minute goal but but um, I suppose following that my display I was I was kept on the panel then and trained with the team really from there on until 2000 I suppose for the next 19 years but more or less but um, I remember uh, as I say we're all Ireland champions and they travelled to America in, in May of, or probably April of that year I'd say April, early May and um, they went to New York I think and on to California but I didn't travel with them because I wasn't on the panel the year before but I was working in Dublin in DSB as I say and but I can remember I, I nearly ran the legs off myself training in Bushy Park at the time just to keep my fitness up and I was just so thrilled to be in there with them and had the chance of maybe winning in All Ireland, like it was beyond my wildest dreams, you know. I'd say eighteen months before that, you know. So, but there were hugely exciting times for Offaly people and for everyone around here at that time, you know, to to come from nowhere and win an All, win a Leinster and then an All Ireland and be up there with the best of them. And so it was, but for me, it was just what I kind of I, I probably it was even beyond my dreams, to be honest, you know, that that, that you could be. You know, in a panel that had a chance, that had one in All Ireland and a chance of winning more. You know, so but it was great, 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 great to be involved with them at that time. And I suppose um, we had lots of had lots of great days after then as well. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna start with with some of the more tough days, I suppose, because in your, in your first year there with with Offaly, in your first few years, so they've they've won the All Ireland title in '81. You're into the panel in '82, and I think your first couple of years you're beating the Leinster finals in '82 and '83, and eventually in 1984 you, you get your first 
Leinster medal then with Offaly and, 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 and I think mm-hmm. and Offaly get forward into an All-Ireland final and unfortunately you're on the, the, the wrong side of that All-Ireland final as well against Cork um, yeah. that, that was the centenary year of the GEA so that game was played down in Semple Stadium um, so, but, but yeah. the, the, I suppose the, where I want to come to you with, with on this Joe is you know at the time and, and, and when you're 18 or 19 and you're breaking into the Offaly team and you're you've all your heroes around you playing and everything else there's you know this burst of energy comes into your body and the excitement is there and you want to do it but after two or three years of defeats working as hard as you are to keep in there and keep it right in the whole it was was your growth for it starting to dwindle a small bit or what was the feeling like at that time well um just to pull it back a bit in 82 the year I went in we got to the Leinster final and that was the famous Matt Root goal Matt Root scored a goal or he, he well he he repeated or Liam Fenley flicked the ball back across the square and then we, we awfully people say it had gone wide and Matt Root scored a goal the, nearly the last book of the game to beat us in the Leinster final in 82 and I didn't play that game but I think the selectors were in it was a toss up as to whether I would start or not because I was going fairly well in training but they didn't play me but I remember after losing that game I honestly I was I was, I was kind of I was depressed but no you, you shouldn't be over over a hurling game, but it was nearly almost for because I said we might never get a chance of winning in All Ireland again. And the following year, then till Kenny Betters again the, the next year, and then in '84, um, well, I broke my hand in '83 as well, which kind of knocked me out for the championship. But in '84, then we kind of we got back to the final, and uh, it was my first Leinster win against Wexford, and then Cork beat us in the All Ireland, and that was hugely disappointing. Again, it was a game that was really pumped up as a nearly the game of the century and there was a fierce lot of um, kind of publicity around it and I went into that game as kind of the star player for Offaly and things didn't go well on the day and it, it just the, the ball wasn't coming in and Cork just kind of kind of got on top of us and kind of beat us easily enough so um, so after that 84 All-Ireland it was uh, just I nearly wanted to give it up to be honest with you know I was so um, so dejected um, I'd say I had an all-star in my pocket before the game and when the match was over Shawnee O'Leary had it so um, he got a couple of goals in that final but um, but you know you just but, but what else do you do like after after a week after that final I think I, I went back and played an, an interference game with ESB and once you got back out in the field again you got going but but it took me a while I'd say with, if it was to be honest to get over that defeat in 84 and we, we won the All-Ireland in 85 and that was my first All-Ireland and I didn't play particularly well during the year of 1985. I, I kind of did my bit, but didn't really, I'd say, the effects of 84 had kind of um, sort of rattled my confidence, I suppose. And, but, um, but but your question is, how do you keep going? Like, I, I just, I suppose, I just loved the game. And no matter what game I play, whether I won or lost, I, I, I'd, I'd sort of park it fairly quickly and I'd be looking at the next game, whether it was a club game or a, another game with Offaly or whatever. And even even after winning All-Irelands, um, by the Wednesday night, I'd, be, I'd, I'd always be back running myself, you know, even though maybe most other lads probably wouldn't, but I would because I wouldn't want to be losing fitness. And um, it just sort of was just had a fierce grow for the game and, and and to always try and have the have the edge on whoever you were playing with or against, you know. So um, and I suppose maybe that's that comes from within, and I suppose that's what kept me going anyway, you know. And I, I, I like I heard even when I finished with Offaly, I said go with the club for as long as I could, I suppose. But um, but you have to give it up eventually. But it's more 
it has to come from within. It has to come from yourself and want to do it. And and, and I always wanted to wanted to be hurling anyway. So maybe that's a long winded answer to your no, question. No, it's, 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 um, it's not, Joe. But like like one of the things I like one of the things that's remarkable about you, other than the success that you've had. You know, because I, I do look at it and I, and I spoke to, like you, you're running up, you, you know, you've lost more county titles with St. Sir Cairns than, you, than you've won. You know what I mean? You've lost probably more mm. Leinster finals than you've won. It's like defeat's a very hard thing to take. And it's, it's you know, as you said, it's back to the person themselves, how to handle it, how to get back from it. But like you have a career, an inter-county career that spanned almost 20 years. I think it was 19 or just say for the best of it, it was 20 years. Mm. I know you broke your hand and missed a championship season. But aside from that, I, I can't remember... Any huge injuries that you you, you had over over the, the you know over that period of time, you managed to turn out and play almost all the time, which has to be a testament to how yeah, well you looked yeah. after yourself. Yeah, well, it is, and I, and in fairness, like I was lucky; I had no cruciates or any kind of uh, muscle injuries or anything like that. So that was a big help. But I, but I would, in fairness, I kind of always take pride in 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 presenting myself fit to hurl and, and be in good shape is, is, and but as well like I say I was lucky I didn't get any injuries and um, even right up to the, my last day was the 2000 All-Ireland final and, and I had trained to play the following year as well and, and, and could have played and would have been fit enough to play but just I just decided I had enough then but but, but you're right it, it's it's hard like when when you get beaten and we got beaten in county finals in particular now and were usually hard very hard to kind of swallow and take but but sure you know a, a few weeks passes then and you get going again you know and and I hated losing I, I Martin Hanami I think said one time if, if we were playing crazy golf Joe Dooley would want to I'd want to win it you know he couldn't I couldn't even I couldn't even want I wouldn't even want to lose in a game of crazy golf or a game of pool it's just you know it's just um. It's just the way you're built, you know. No, we're gonna we're gonna fast forward through your career a small bit, and I'm gonna jump to '94. Awfully winning All Ireland, yeah. beating Limerick in the All Ireland final. For me, I was just gone nearly 18 so at that stage from Westmead we would be shouting for Offaly whenever Offaly were playing so I, I spoke to Michael Dyglin about this a couple of months ago it was you know, it was, a, it was a particularly exciting time for us in Westmead because obviously we didn't have our own hurling team weren't lighting it up we had a minor football team going well I think at the time it was giving us a bit of excitement but this Offaly team was one of the most enjoyable I remember watching and, and the crack that we had watching the way you played it was off the cuff it was exciting but that day against Limerick you, you know, you were nearly dead and buried, I think it's fair to say, you know, mm. two thirteen to one eleven, five minutes to go, and then you just go bananas and score two goals and five points in five minutes. What was it like on the pitch that day? Yeah. Uh, sure, like, the, 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 I suppose the Offaly team in, in the 90s and I suppose in 94, like, like, I suppose a bit like the team in the 80s, just they were, but the lads were kind of more outgoing and probably overall a bit more skillful but um, but we had characters and you know I suppose we're, it's all well publicised at this stage but um, but the 94 final itself um, like Limerick were on top of us all kind of on top all through except for the last five minutes we were just kind of hanging in with them but, but once we opened up and lads started to express themselves. I suppose we won well, and then. But I think I think Johnny's goal from the free was was the was the turning point, followed by Pat O'Connor's goal, nearly almost immediately afterwards. And um, you know, and and like that team in nineties, we like we won ninety four. We we should have won ninety five. We had it there for the take, and then we just didn't see it out. 
Uh, Wexford beat us in 96 and went on to win the All-Ireland. 97, Wexford beat us again and they got beaten themselves in the semi-final. We won it in 98. Uh, Cork pipped us in the All-Ireland semi-final in 99 and went on and won the All-Ireland. And in 2000, we were back in the All-Ireland final again for Kilkenny to beat us. So nearly, nearly all during that, and even 92 and 93, Kilkenny beat us and went on and won the All-Ireland. So we were, for nearly 10 years there, if we didn't win the All-Ireland, it was the team that beat us that won it. And, you know, the, which showed great kind of um, perseverance and commitment as it was by that that group of lads. And so there was a lot more to them than just crack and having a few pints oh. and all of that kind of stuff. And <laughs> But we, we had, we had, um, like we had clever hurlers, you know, like like John Troy and Michael Dignan and uh, up in the forward line, you know, Billy, Johnny, myself, Brendan Kelly, everybody kind of played for one another and we kind of, that, that's how we kind of won matches and we all sort of helped one another out rather than playing as individuals and we had a solid back line as well and we didn't have Johnny Pilkerton and Dahi Regan in the middle of the field and, um, you know, we, we sort of um, we had a good solid team that were that were that were there nearly for all at that period, and you know we had great battles with Kilkenny at that time, you know, in in the early nineties and then later in the in the decade as well, and a couple of great games with Cork and Wexford. We we nearly met Wexford every year. Um, the beat the beat is in ninety six and seven, but we kind of I think we won ninety four, ninety five. 1998, 99 and 2000. So we kind of, we sort of, um, we nearly met them every year. So we, but there were, there were, um, it was a great team to play with. And as I said, they were, they were all very skillful. Like Johnny Pilkerton was a, had a great engine and Brian Whelan was, was brilliant wing back. You know, he's the best player I ever played with. Um, Kevin Keane and my own club man, you know, Kevin Martin, Hubert Rigney, Martin Hanemy, brilliant cornerback, you know, so we had, we had um, Joe Errity, who was another kind of an unsung hero as well, Jaden Baxson in the forwards in 94 and 98. So we had, we had lots of good players and, but as I say, we had great, great battles with Kilkenny and we're down, we're down your neck of the woods there with the O'Connors and DJ and I marked Liam Keohan a good few times and he was a tough, tough competitor and, um, the Comerfords and all those lads like those they were, they were great you know and, and the, or Charlie Carter and you know they were Pat O'Neill and they were great games to have Michael Walsh you know like so it was um, you were never going to get it in handy or handed you, can't, you can't go on forever you were going to get nothing handy against any of those lads no, no and, but, but just, just because I, I just want to touch on it because I want to switch on to another All-Ireland final in a second but like the, the Offaly team and it's kind of leading me on to where I'm coming to and you know where I'm going with this but this Offaly team kind of uh, like I know you say it, it was well documented that the lads enjoyed the crack I've no issue with that and no one in the world has any issue with it but, but the one thing that I will say was this was an Offaly team that showed this spirit that people believed that they were never beaten like I know you're on about Pat O'Connor's goal I know the first goal from the free kind of brought you right back into it Pat O'Connor scored a goal I think it was instantly I think the puck out was nearly struck and it was yeah. in the back of the net again I, I remember reading somewhere that they reckoned that it was the first goal in an All-Ireland final that wasn't shown live on RT at the time because they were showing the replay of the first goal when the second goal was hitting the net you know um, so it, yeah, it was yeah. that rapidly how you came back into it so like I often wondered about it with what was it within the team? What mentality or how did you have that? Like, I mean, you're you're looking down the barrel of, of a defeat in an All-Ireland final. You're, you're being beaten quite well at the time. Uh, like, I mean, five points down with five minutes to go and then to turn it around and, and win the game by six points. It's an 11-point spin in five minutes. You know, where do you get that belief yeah, yeah. from or, 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 or do you remember even how that came, 
you know, for well, years. Well, it's, well it, it, I, me- I remember Billy saying one time in, in an RT interview, we, we really, we nearly don't know how it did happen. To be honest, it's just, it's just, um, as I said, the goal, Johnny's goal, followed by the next one, suddenly then the floodgates open. But we do, we had a little bit of a breeze with us that day and maybe a lot of lads hadn't hurled to their potential, you know, like they had kind of, the occasion maybe had passed them by a little bit and, I, I like I'd still say to this day that we, we were we were actually maybe not on that day or that first sixty five minutes, but we we had a better team than Limerick that time, I think, you know, and then that I don't want to be offended Limerick people, but um it just we just didn't kind of maybe perform the way we should have had, you know, and and once we got going then like we sort of kind of won by six points in the end and had a couple of wise, it could have been more. So but what could so easily have have not happened either only for them in two goals going in I think you know uh, now this is where I'm bringing myself to now like one of the one of the years it was if, if you look at the biggest moments in the GEA history and the, the final moments of seasons and whatnot, the Offaly game against Clare where the referee blows the game up early is going to be right up in the top if it's not in the top two it's definitely in the top three it, it, it's, it's a huge event mm-hmm. right but before we get to that yeah. one 1998, the season is there. Offaly are, you know, well in with a shout there. You know, I know there's a few bits of things going on around at home and in the county and in the press. Offaly go out, Leinster final, take a bit of a trimming by Kilkenny, 310 to 111. It's not a huge defeat. But your manager comes out and makes the comment of the sheep in a heap. Um, and I suppose that was the catalyst for all hell to break loose, really. Um, like, at the time yeah. when you're when you're picking up a paper, you're reading something like that. Like, what what was going through your own mind? Well, funny enough, I'd say this was all. Now I'm not sort of kicking for touch yeah, here. No, but no, you're fine. I was working in Dublin at the time. Um, well, no, I was back down the country, but I don't know why. I think I think there was maybe the lads had a few pints that night or the next morning in in Bor, and I think one thing kind of I suppose the thing kind of gathered I suppose once people started to read Bab's comments in the paper and I think it probably was on the television the night before as well and uh, it didn't go down well and um, and in fairness the county board weren't happy with it either I suppose they kind of uh, rode in behind the players and just decided anyway that we needed to needed to kind of um get a new manager and uh but that you now and that happened in fairly quickly, you know, within I'd say probably a, maybe a week or so, um, Michael Bond came in and um I remember the first night he came in, he, I, I was nearly I was there early for training and next thing he, he walked into the dressing room and took off his jacket and put it up on the, the hanger and proceeded to talk out and I said to him, um, any harm to ask you who you are I said you know um, and he says well, I'm I'm your new trainer and I said well if you are you better introduce yourself and he said I'm Michael Ray Michael Bond from Lock Ray so that was the the, the the first I had never heard of him before and nobody on the panel had either so I'm not too sure who where or who sourced him I think it, the rumour was it was Podge Mulhair who would be kind of working down that way and Michael was a school principal in Loch Ray and had maybe done some coaching with club teams down there, but or might have coached maybe a Galway minor team possibly at one stage. But he was um, as soon as he arrived in, he was hugely positive, and you know he 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 really got he, he was a great man to give out praise and to. But he he also changed the hurling style from what Babs was at, which was basically lift and run with the ball to moving the ball and letting the ball do the work and playing ground hurling and. 
and which was what we all loved. And you now we had trained extremely hard that year with Johnny with Johnny Murray and Babs Keith. Now Babs was Babs was great as well, but he just he just kind of um said the wrong thing at the wrong time after that Leinster final in, in ninety eight and um it was a pity it was a pity he had to go, but that's that happened that happened and Michael Bond came in and did a brilliant job anyway. But um you know, it as I say Bond came in and but but we were under serious pressure then as a group of players when Babs left because I suppose it was seen that we kind of um, got rid of him and so then we had to kind of produce the goods and I think we played Kilkenny in a challenge game a couple of weeks after Michael Bond coming in and the beat as well down in Nolan Park I don't know why we even played him again after playing him in the Leinster final but we did maybe the expectation from a Kilkenny point of view was that we wouldn't be meeting again and and, and I remember after the game, we had a team meeting after being beaten. And Martin Hanemey says, who are we going to blame now? You know, there was Abs Keaton wasn't there that day. So, um, so that got everybody thinking. And um, But the bottom line is all, all the players involved that time were proud men and, and stubborn and whatever way you want to call it. You know, like we, we just, no, no, none of them liked to be beaten. And I suppose we kind of all... Kind of, um, I suppose we circled the wagons and put in a big effort in for the rest of the year, and, and the, luckily enough, we came out on the right side. And, <laughs> and the incident with Babs, like, is the, like because I just wondered with it. I know Michael Bond goes in, and it's you know to excuse the pun, it's nearly a mission impossible at this stage. There's a team that have taken a, 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 be, a be, they've been beaten quite well in a, in a Leinster final. They've their manager has come out and made that comment. So I, I would imagine morale and spirit within the camp was quite low. I'd say lads were kind of a bit thick. It's, 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 it's interesting that you say that Martin said that after Kilkenny beat you in the friendly about who we're going to blame this mm. time. But like everyone was kind of doubling on the Offaly team a little bit at the time. I remember, you know, the supporters were getting down on you a small bit. The press were having a field day with you. And then obviously Babs didn't help by throwing a bit of petrol in on this as well. And questioning it, so uh, up up comes the the first Clare game, which um, was the drawn game. Um, in, in in fairness, it was the, the new system of the back door. So the ninth of August, you play the game. It's a draw, and it goes to a replay, which was I think it was the Saturday. It was the it was in August, the end of August, anyway. But that's from right, that's right. the start of that day, um, like like I don't again, you see some of these things. Grow legs as as time moves on, you know. But uh, from from what I am told, is first and foremost is you know your team bus gets caught in in in, in bedlam traffic, so it's mm. it's a roasting hot day. You're stuck on a team bus longer than needs to be. You know, if I'm if this is wrong, you need to stop me and say no, that didn't happen. But apparently, you know, the off team gets caught in traffic, and um, there's there's a delay getting into the game. You know, the preparation hasn't gone the way you'd like it to go, you know, it's for such a big occasion. And the yes. offensive team just start almost like you're dead in your feet and before you know it, it's it's half time and you're ten points down. That's right. But even even the first day we played today already, um I remember Keith Finnerty was writing for the Sunday Independent at the time and he had a big heading that Offley should did the blue flu was the thing at the time where the Gardaí were on were ringing in with the flu rather than going on strike to call it the blue flu. So he he suggested that after should that we should ring in with a blue flu that day and not turn up to play Clare because we, we we were going to be we were going to be lambaste. We were going to get a hiding because Clare were after beating Watford in the Munster final in a replay and looked like they were unbeatable almost. And you know they were double All Ireland champ. They were I think they had won the All Ireland actually in in ninety seven and. 
had won double monster champion. So, but he, so we we had when we went into the dressing room, there was big signs of blue flu. Who has a blue flu? You know, like that was to I suppose that got us going the first day anyway. But but you're but going back to your point, you're right. The, the media were kind of ganging up on us as well. But but after the Leinster final, it was I think three ten to one eleven. It was nineteen points to fourteen. We didn't see as a group of players. I wouldn't have seen that as a catastrophe. Actually, I would have been happy enough with it. It was. It was kind of what was it, thirteen scores to twelve? You know, it wasn't. And I think a couple of the goals can Kenny got were from freeze. So we we weren't that far away. If, if Babs had just kept his cool, really. But 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 then, and in the second day, as you rightly said, we got caught in traffic because there was a commemoration for the Enniskillen bombing that had happened. I think the week before, and and that was in Dublin city centre. And we got caught in traffic, and we just arrived twenty minutes before match time, and to rush out and next thing Clare were 10 points up by half time but even though we started that game well Clare got on top and went as I say were 10 points up by half time but then for the second half then in fairness the selectors made a few switches they brought I think Johnny out to mid he was playing corner forward they brought him out to midfield and I think Brian Whelan went to midfield and they made a, brought in Billy I think he was a sub that day at half time and Joe Errity both of them came on at half time and made a huge difference and we just clawed our way back into it but we still we were still three points down with I suppose technically five minutes to go if you added in the supposed injury time Um, you know who's to say you probably would rather be in players boots to be honest and be three points ahead at that stage but um, but once he blew early and admitted to blowing early and then Gerald Nand in as well on the television on the day admitted that that the referee had blown up early. There was really no alternative but to play, make it to do a replay. You know, there was no other way around it. You know. And did you did you think that in the back and played for five minutes? <laughs> yeah, but did you think that? Because I remember when it happened, the confusion. The people went out. I think it was a great show of support from the Offaly people to go out and support the team and sit down on the pitch. Uh, I remember one journalist uh, had said about Offaly's uh, supporters' laid back approach. Uh, only Offaly could have a sit down protest that they were too laid back to be standing up kicking indoors. That they'd much prefer to relax on the middle of the pitch here and, and, and chill out but like when you went into the dressing room did you really think you know that evening you know there was a lot about it and there was a lot being made of it and this is what happened and he had two watches and he never started this one or whatever you know there was loads of crap but mm. in my head I didn't think there was going to be a replay I, I never remember until it was announced the next day yeah, well, yeah well to be honest when we were when we were back in the dressing room I didn't think there would be either like Sherlock Nan came in and gave a speech and more or less I suppose he was trying to I suppose Tom Osses and and um, keep his keep his quiet. I suppose you know and showered us with praise and whatever. But the but it was only when we went up to the to the premium level. We that's where at that time both teams used to go up to the premium level and there was a, a couple of drinks up there. And when we looked out and saw the Offaly supporters on the field, that's when it dawned on me personally. I said we 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 have to get a replay here. This can't. The GA cannot um, stand over not giving a replay. You know, like it was, it would be to be a huge injustice if if they didn't give us a replay. And you know, so that's when I personally felt we were going to get one. Now that wasn't confirmed. I think until later that night. But but um, and I think the, probably the trade-off was that we'd go to Torles then rather than playing it in Crow Park. That the, uh, obviously Claire must have looked for Torles. As a um, as a trade off for agreeing to a replay, so but in fairness to Clare, they did agree to it, and they could easily have dug their heels in and said no that that they, they felt they won the game, but they didn't, and, and credit to Clare for that. And did like is this like again? Is this I you know you don't know these things again? As I said, some of these things could make up a Disney movie, but the story I was always told was that 
you were you were out having a few points and did it say, somebody then said should we have a training session in the morning in case this is a replay and then there was a kind of a a bit of discussion about whether the awfully senior hurling team should train in the morning or they should continue having their few points and I think between the jigs and the reels anyway that the general consensus by not a landslide majority but but a, by a slight majority was that you would train the next day is that is that a true story well, what we, no what, what happened Eddie was we went out to the spa hotel then where we always went for food after the game and uh, just after we had finished our food we had a, we had a team meeting um, which was held where we were actually having the food so all our kind of partners and wives were were kind of in earshot shall we say we just moved to one corner of the, the function room we were in and so the the meeting was opened up anyway and Michael Bond said we there's a possibility that we we could get a replay here and that he was going to call training proposing to call training for the following evening at say four o'clock or whatever and so uh, there was a bit of tone and throwing, and I think Johnny Pickett said he wouldn't be going training unless he was guaranteed it was going to be a replay and wasn't taking it wasn't going to be wasting his time training if he wasn't if he wasn't sure of a replay and Michael Dygan then I think had an issue I think it was a kind of it turned into be a kind of a, a sort of an issue uh, he he had a bit of an issue then about not getting expenses or not getting gear or something and had a, got that off his chest and so anyway eventually I think Billy my own brother stood up and said Michael if you call Shannon for four o'clock tomorrow evening I'll be there and just walked out of the room but I'd say the girls were in the corner and I said the thought World War Two was going to erupt but really we were always able to um, argue among ourselves but leave it, leave it at the door then when we'd be going out to be not, be not, you know, um, to be no ill feeling you know and um so it was a kind of a heated meeting, all right. But um, everybody turned up for training the next day. I think. No, I think Michael Dignan said he was in Nace, ready to drink a large bottle of Bulmers the next morning, and he got a phone call to say that we had a replay, and he handed back the Bulmers, which I'm not so sure about that. But anyway, and that's what he says anyway. Yeah, yeah. So I'd say that was dragged off pretty quickly, and then he had to get, get a lift it out. Was, yeah, and he take his chances. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> get through the session. Yeah. So then, but, um, but no, but no, but that. Yeah, and I suppose there was a good. I suppose we all had a few pints on board, and we're probably half dehydrated. We were dehydrated after the game as well, so um, it was probably easy for emotions to run high. But but we had a um, but as I said, it was a kind of a, a good meeting, all right, and there was a bit of fun in it, yeah. And that puts you into the when the, the eventual All Ireland final was played on the the thirteenth of September that year in nineteen ninety eight, and of course he ended up meeting Kilkenny. This was the third time you'd meet him in a, in a very short space of time, if we counted the friendly as one. But a, a pretty pretty comprehensive six point win for yourselves in that game. Yeah, well, we well we still had to beat Clare in in the last game. Down Sorry, Carl, of course, yeah, 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 beat them first. Yeah, obviously. yeah, yeah. We had, yeah, yeah, we had to get we had to get that game um, played first, and like that's that's the one game as well. Every Offaly supporter probably remembers remembers the most. If you, I'd say nine out, of, well, maybe not nine, but I'd say eight out of ten would remember that game as the as the the most memorable occasion they were ever at as from an awfully hurling point of view. The ninety five Leinster final would be up there as well, but that ninety eight third game in Torless was a great, lovely sunny day and huge crowd at it and to be clear down there was, was sweet. But the final then still had to be won. And that luckily enough it was two weeks after the last game against Clare. So we were going like we had played Kilkenny in a Leinster final. We they had only played one game to get into the All Ireland, and that was played before we even played Clare the first day. So they they had one game, kind of in a six week period. We had played Antrim, we had played Clare three times, we had played four matches, 
and they were all kind of spread out so like we were improving with every game like, so going to the All-Ireland final was just we were almost like a premiership team it was nearly just like another game you know and you're maybe the pressure but we had to win it because we, we couldn't lose it after playing them three games against Clare and then I suppose the whole Babs thing as well you know and Babs as you say all along during that period was kind of questioning our forward line and questioning kind of trying to undermine us I suppose from the wings and um, but we didn't we kind of rose above that and we got through anyway and like on the day like the match could have went anyway to be honest like we I suppose we everyone played to a very good standard and then Brian Whelan was exceptional then when he went up in the forward line that day after being having a poor start on the back line and Michael Dignan went on the backs but but everybody played well you know um, um, Gary Hannafy Paddy Mulhair subs that we brought in and Joe Arity was probably the, was probably one of the main reasons why we won it with, with his goal in the second half where he kind of raced through and scored a goal and he was he was very instrumental in Brian Whelan's last goal as well you know so uh, but, which was great like to beat Kilkenny in an All-Ireland final and, and that's a compliment to Kilkenny is, is kind of adds adds value to the medal to be honest you know like it's um, they're a great hurling county and, and don't they don't get beaten easily so just, just, just on one because I want to talk to you about two or three other things before I let you go. But the Brian Whelan factor, like uh, uh, looking back at '98, he he was man of the match in that All Ireland final in the in the Limerick game in '94. He got man of the match in that. Like you've said, he was the best player you shared a pitch with. Like, it, what, what was he? Was he just operating at a level above 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 everybody else? Like he, uh, I, I never remember him having a bad game. When I seen him playing in the, in the half back line, I seen him playing in the forwards. I, I he. Like was he just magic? Like, well, he believe it or not, he could be brilliant or he could be very average as well. He had bad games, but but never on the big occasion. You know, like he he was when he's reading at a game, his wrist work. But he was fierce, determined. Like he hit. Like I, I mentioned about hate and losing. Well, he he even hated losing a lot worse now. To be honest, you know, he was just. Um, but, but but like and he could clear ten balls in a game and he'd he'd do it so quickly that you wouldn't kind of notice it. You know he was able to pick it and have it cleared in all into one movement and you know his defensive skills for hooking or blocking and he had a he had a savage turn of speed as well. You know like when he for a, a, a few year gap there he was you know he was he could he had a savage as I say the savage turn of speed you couldn't you couldn't get away from him you know and um, like I said like in, he would have had great kind of battles with DJ back in those times but was um, a great reader of the game very much a team player like he, he his man might get a pint or two off him but he would save so many scores around the defence over the course of a game and he just went to wherever the danger was and tried to cover it off and you know, he was just um, he was just a different different class, really. Yeah. And 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 for yourself, you know, two thousand, like you played the All Ireland final. I think it was two thousand as well. Um, that was your last mm. All Ireland final appearance. But the, a lot of people say that was kind of the end of that that glory team of Offaly, if you know what I mean. The, 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 the you know, but I think in fairness as well, it was probably the start of an unbelievable. Kilkenny hurling team as Kilkenny well. Kilkenny team, correct, correct. Yeah, like we had, like we won that, like, and we slipped up in '99. We had, okay, Kilkenny beat us in the final again, but that didn't bother us too much. We always tried to kind of peak. It, it wasn't a knockout game, you know. So then we played Cork in the semi-final in '99, and the beat us by I think three points, nineteen points to sixteen, and 
if we had a little bit more fitness, we'd have beaten them. You know, we, we just um, and Cork beat Kenny after in the final it was Brian Cody's first All Ireland. But so we kind of left that one behind us. But that was probably our last real good. Even though we got to the final in two thousand again, we beat Cork in, in the semi final in two thousand, which was very very sweet after losing to them in ninety nine. And that was probably we celebrated that to be honest, like as if we won the All Ireland um, for a day or two after it and. Um, but I suppose Billy had retired Martin Hanemi had retired uh, John Troy had kind of wasn't playing that year he had kind of fallen out with management Hubert Rigney had fallen out with management and wasn't playing so we were down kind of a third of our team from two years previous and that didn't help either even though the young lads that came in had been doing reasonably well but we, we needed everybody to win in All-Ireland and I think if we had those four lads fit we still might have beaten Kilkenny, but we de- we definitely would have given them a better game in 2000. But the writing was on the wall, I suppose. We were 10 years together at that time and had a lot of mileage on the clock. And, you know, you just can't go on forever either. So that was um that was the end of us. But, but Kilkenny were coming strong. You had, like, that was Henry's first All-Ireland, I think, maybe in 2000. Or he might have played maybe some part in 99 as well. And, you know, Tommy Welch and JJ and all these lads came in shortly after that. But... Um, DJ and they had I suppose Kenny were regrouping and and Brian Cody was in there so that was going to they were going to be very very hard to beat then anyway so maybe just just as well the work that that Kenny team wasn't around in the nineties but um, I, I think to be fair that's the way it goes no but this is it and and everything has cycles but you were the only awfully player and you will always be the only awfully player on the field to play to do it in, in win an All Ireland medal in the eighties and the nineties I think uh, when you're on about longevities of careers and lads finishing up and a lot of cl- miles clocked up none had clocked up more than yourself Joe I think so In I think it was yeah. in March was it 2001 that you officially announced your retirement from, yeah, from Inter-County I, I did Eddie yeah, yeah. yeah my, my mother-in-law Mary Moriarty she was a Cork woman but um, she got she got diagnosed with cancer and, and um, was kind of got very ill very quickly and passed away in, in, in early April 2001 so it was just before that I just said no I, I have enough now even though, I, even though I had trained and was ready to go back in uh, Michael Bond was in charge. I just rang him and said um, I was retiring because kind of uh, I just you know when she got sick I, that kind of made me mind up for me to be honest you know so uh, but I, but I I suppose I, I was thirty seven at that time um, so it was probably time to be time to be moving on anyway you know so and then you you get the call two thousand and seven you get the call and you're you're back in the Offaly camp again but this time as the manager. Yeah, well, I was probably always going to manage after Eddie, to be honest, um, maybe after managing the club to win a championship. And um, so I had done a little bit with Tullamore and I did a little bit with Tommy Vara kind of in between. But but the Offaly job I knew was probably always, probably always going to get a chance at it. And I did in 2000. So I managed Offaly 07, 08, um, no, sorry, 8, 9, 10, 11. So 08, 09, 10, and in October 07, I think I was appointed. So, but enjoyed the four years with them because it was a tough, tough going. You know, if you're managing a team, you need a lot of you need a lot of free time, and you really don't want anything else. And nowadays, most management teams have a lot of backup personnel, and they're all kind of supposed they're all on the payroll, and they're all looking after different aspects of the team's preparations. That time, I suppose I was probably trying to do nearly everything myself. You know, from from the, from the coaching and the um, just managing and trying to get jobs for lads and trying to sort of arrange challenge games and you know everything like they were kind of um, but that's 
that's the way, as I said, that's the way it was that time. You didn't have the luxury of having a whole lot of kind of strength and conditioning and coaching staff and all of that kind of stuff. But but we had a good team for those four years and we're very competitive. Um, just didn't get the rub of the green. Like Dublin beat us by two points in, in the Leinster Championship. Cork beat us by a point in my last game. We drew with Galway in Crow Park and they beat us by a point in the replay in Port Leash. You know, like teams that went on to win Leinster's in or around that time, you know, and um, now we I think we only came up against Kilkenny in my first year in 2008 and we stayed with them probably for 45 minutes and then they just steamrolled us but, but Kilkenny were probably at their strongest that year you know and um, but, but to say I enjoyed it and um, had no regrets for doing it I had Pat Malachny was a selector with me and Brendan Kelly two great men who who had not only the best interests of Offaly at heart and Tony Murphy was team secretary and me all Spain was the kit man and I asked me Hall to come in that time and he's he's actually still the kid man with Offley uh, however a number of years later, fourteen years later, which is a credit to him. Um but but I'm glad I did it, but it was it was tough going. You know? And was it was it hard coaching your own son? Like Shane would have been his you know, Offley's yeah. mainstay. He was you know, it, like I often wonder if he has a bad day, you know what I mean, the rest of the players can go home. And not have to face up to you, uh, you know he, yeah, he yeah. can't. At, at that, yeah, at that time, Eddie. Yeah, at that time, Eddie. He was he probably wasn't a regular when I came in first, but then um, he I don't think he started maybe the first couple of games that that I was in charge in the championship. But then he kept, we we started him against Limerick down in the Gaelic grounds, and Limerick had been in the All Ireland final in two thousand and seven, and we beat him on that same evening and knocked him out of the championship. And Shane scored four or five points in play, and the following year, then kind of put him on the freeze and. But from freeze and played in for the next few years, he was he, in fairness to me, he was brilliant and um, kind of saved my bacon a few times in league and championship games with <laughs> vital scores and stuff. So he was, uh, but no, it was very easy managing to be honest because he, he like bit like myself, he loves hurling and loves playing for Offaly and that's was I say we had a good team that time and the crack was good and everybody enjoyed the setup and um, we had lots of good hurlers and. It was um, it was enjoyable, but his but but as I say, no, it was it was easy managing. You wouldn't be looking at the gate or be able to see where he was. He'd always be there and there in time, and like lots of other lads during that period as well, like Joe Burden and Rory Hannafy and Brian Carroll and David Kenny and all those, David Franks, who was down near direction. All those lads were great to um, great to train, and um, they were as committed as as we ever were. Just maybe just. Just didn't have the bit of luck, and maybe just the, maybe the, the overall talent maybe wasn't as strong as in our day, but they were but they were an excellent team, you know. And just just because before I let you go, I want to go on to two other things, and it's bringing us into into the modern times because we'll try and we'll try and finish on positives as much as we can as well. Mm-hmm. But um, <laughs> for right now, where 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 Offaly is, um, Michael Dignan is now the the chairman of the county board. He seems to be from 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 my perspective on the outside looking in, he seems to be doing a really good job. Um, he, he seems to be trying to get everybody going in the right direction you've Michael Fenley in there coaching uh, the hurling team a McDonough Cup big clash coming up against Carlo obviously the weekend which could probably you know the winners of that game are more than likely be in a Joe McDonough Cup final it's it's a big step back from where awfully hurling was but you know when you take big step backs you have to make steps forward you know it's it's small steps coming forward how have you found things at the moment or what way do you see things going at the moment in Offaly yeah well like it took awfully people a lot, um, a good while to kind of accept that we are where we are. You know, as regards kind of our standards and our talent. And um, at the moment, um, I suppose that they're 
we're trying to, I suppose, get back to having a settled team, a settled formation. And Michael Fenley is doing a great job there, and Johnny Kelly and Michael Cavanagh and um, Barry Teagan is a selector as well. So, um, but we just have to like we just have to get a win next next Saturday against Carlow. Like it's 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 in effect basically a um, Joe McDonough Cup semi final game. I think whoever wins is more, more than likely going to go through. So. Um, but Offaly needs to to win that game and get back into a Joe McDonough Cup final and take it from there. Then and just you know get get back to kind of putting in consistent performances. And you know we are there's no doubt we are struggling and still struggling. We're conceding a lot of scores and um, you know probably str- struggling to find a kind of a real settled formation right across the field. But but but. But they're working hard on it, you know, and um, we're in a minor final against uh, Leash as well. So that's that's a big plus as well. They seem to have a very talented minor team. And if they can win the Leinster, that's a, that would be a huge fill-up as well, you know, to, to for maybe some good lads to feed into that senior panel and kind of boost it up a bit, you know. And But, but it's not easy now at the minute. It's... Um, but but uh, but as you mentioned earlier, like Michael Dygan is now in as, as chairman of the the county board, and he's he's putting a lot of work into kind of putting better coaching, putting you know getting coaching staff in into clubs and trying to play, get more games played at underage level and even at adult level, and you know it's um and like we're we're much better kind of organised financially as well as regards having funding in place to sort of finance the management and running of all our teams and. We have the faithful fields facility in place as well now, which is for you know full size pitches and a gym and a, an astroturf pitch and a meeting room and a canteen. You know, brilliant facilities. Um, I'd love to have had them when I was managing Offaly. I think we'd have, it would have been worth a few points in a lot of different games, and we could have that we could have won. You know, but 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 a lot of work is going in. And, and in fairness, Michael is, is 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 the main driver behind that, and he's doing a great job there at the minute. Yeah, no, I I, I definitely agree with every, everything you've said on that one, um, and I'm where Offaly is at the moment. Skipping away from the McDonough Cup, and 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 obviously, you know, we'll we'll know everyone's faith in a couple of weeks' time with regards to McDonough Cup in the in the All Ireland <laughs> Series Championship at the moment. Um, obviously, Limerick are you know, the team that everybody has the target on Limerick's back, they seem to be, um, you know, even missing a few players through injury and stuff, they seem to be, you know, really, 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 really after stealing a march on everyone. Is there is there any is there anyone you can see maybe catching Limerick? I know they were, you know, put to the pin of their collar yesterday by Clare but still didn't lose. Um, is there anyone you can see catching them? If they're going to get caught, who's going to catch them? Yeah, well, a few people have asked me that question now, but um, like as you said, Limerick are extremely strong. Yesterday, they, they kind of yesterday it was probably a challenge game for them. Really, they were already qualified for the Munster final, so and they didn't play Galan, and I just uh, kind of felt that they weren't at, they weren't playing at a hundred mile an hour yesterday. When full credit to Clare, they still had to had to get the draw with them and and did that, but. Um, it was a bad result probably for Waterford in that it probably almost there's a good chance that it'll probably knock out Waterford yesterday's result but, uh, but if, if I think my own kind of gut feeling all along and I'd and I stick with it I, I think I think Galway are the team that could catch them you know now I was very impressed with Kilkenny at the weekend against Dublin and they could equally catch them as well but I'd say I just think Galway have they're physically they have a physical big team Galway have you know they're, they have size they could match them for size in most positions, not all, I'd say, but they could match Limerick for size in most positions and they have lots of good hurlers as well. But 
either Galway or Kilkenny, but I, I think Galway might be the ones that could could catch them maybe in a semi-final or something like that, you know. And and, and the type of hurling that you see at the moment, I, I spoke with Charlie Carter last week, I was on with Tom Dempsey a couple of weeks before. There's mixed mixed views on, on, on the way hurling is going. Um, I think, yeah. like... <laughs> I, I've yet to meet somebody of the 90s who said, yeah, I love it. Um, <laughs> I think this is the way it should be played. But, but I'll ask anyway. Yeah, well, I, 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 yeah, yeah, well, yeah, no, you're, you're dead right to ask. But um, like, I personally, I, I kind of felt maybe last year it's, it's gone very ping-pongy. You know, like there's scores are going over every, nearly every minute or every couple of minutes. Like you're, like the, the, the bookies have for most games, the scoring is 54 or 55 points in a game. So that's the score every less than every minute and a half. So it's, scores are nearly too easily got now compared to back, I suppose, in our day. And I don't like all these rooks and that, but, but yet I suppose I've kind of acclimatized now to the new game and the kind of the, the middle thirds and the retaining possession and all of that. It's um just you just I suppose you have to live with it now and, and enjoy it. But I but I but personally I preferred I thought the older the older type style of hurling was much more entertaining, particularly in the nineties and maybe early two thousands, you know. Are we getting more scores because defenders aren't marking? Is it you know do, 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 or is it that they're I don't know, like I've had this No, I said the the, the the ball is the ball is technically lighter, like the ball is going huge distances now, you know. To score a sixty five one time was a was a, a great achievement or maybe even from the middle of the field. But now like they're scoring from their own fifty yard line, you know, and, and not just dropping over, they're they're sailing over, you know. So um now the like the skill levels are higher as well, Eddie. You know, like fellas are in better condition. They're physically stronger. They're using kind of um, hurls kind of fit for purpose as well. They're not as long maybe as the hurls we used. And so they're able to ping passes to one another. And they're not they're not kind of um, holding their positions either. So it's, you know, if, if, if we were hurling against the modern teams and using our style of hurling, I think that hammers in the current game. You know, you just... Um, so you'd have you'd have to you have to go with the times and go with I suppose I suppose the tactics that you're seeing now are kind of like what you'd see nearly in Australian football or some of the some of the foreign games you know where where players move with the ball up and down the field rather than just holding their positions you know so um, and that's the way it's gone now it's gone very tactical you know. <laughs> Yeah, well, there's there's nothing we're going to be able to do about that, and and as long as the no, teams that no, are playing with them tactics suck it up and enjoy it. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. It's what like it was. All these scores are very enjoyable. You probably maybe like to see maybe more goals in games. Like I'd, I'd hate to be hurling corner forward in the modern game now, where her guys are shooting on sight at the goals every chance to get and not looking to play it inside. You know, but um, maybe I'd, I'd be moving out the field if I was in the modern game yeah probably <laughs> you'd like to be around wing forward there on that middle third of the field just somewhere out there centre center forward yeah for someone to be throwing you out a handy one yeah and you could stick it over <laughs> yeah, and look good <laughs> the, the, the last two questions before I let you go and it, it, it's in a word now so the McDonough Cup winners 2022 who's it going to be? Um, well you'd have to say and, and, and I hope it's off you but you'd have to say Antrim look very strong at the minute now you know and the All-Ireland who's going to be lifting the Lee McCarthy Cup in a couple of months time uh, yeah actually you can't look past Limerick at this moment in time they're in, they're in a, a monster final against Clare and I'd, I'd kind of expect them maybe to be too strong for Clare in that so that right right now this minute they're in an All-Ireland semi-final you could say and that's and I hope I'm not insulting anyone from Clare but Limerick are just very strong you know so um so they're, they're going to be hard to beat yeah. well, Joe 
on that note we're going to leave it there thank you so much for being so kind with your time there to, to, this evening it's, it's been an absolute pleasure catching up with you and looking back on some of the highlights of your own career Alright Eddie thanks very much and delighted to be on and the best of luck with the show going forward That's brilliant That is thank you that is of course Joe Dooley former Offaly manager and Hurling legend I look forward to catching up with you all again next week with another legend on The Clash Act 